Welcome everybody to an episode of the Keepers of the Book. I'm your host, Miles, joined here with my co-host, Jordan. Always. Um, man. Uh, okay, so these three episodes, uh, they seem like if you actually ended the season here, it would actually be a good ending point for the season. Uh, and and I just found out recently is that the reason it feels that way is because the ending of this section that we're going to be covering, season three, episodes four through six, is in line with the ending of one of the books called Caliban's War. So, Oh, yeah. Somebody was talking about that. I did watch a YouTube video on a guy. He was talking. I like to watch YouTube videos um, and see what other people think because mm-hmm. that kind of helps me with my perspective since it's my only – on my first watch through, sure, sure. and I will, I'll really watch it again because I like to watch rewatch shows. You know that. Yep. Um, but I think, I think, well, yeah. I mean, I don't know. Continue. I, I <laughs> have a thought, but I. No, no, you're good. That's fine. Um, yeah. So this. I never understood. I actually, when I would rewatch the show, I thought that the season ended at this uh, season episode six mm-hmm. because it was just it seemed to like just wrap up so nicely. That I was like, this feels like the ending of book or mm-hmm. sorry of the show of the season, and it makes sense because this is in fact the ending of a book. Mm-hmm. Uh, that being Caliban's War, mm-hmm. so. <laughs> no, that's what it was. The YouTube video. Sorry, I had a brain fart. Yeah. Like, um, he was talking about how the the book did line up with a portion of what's going on now, and I thought that was super cool. Yep. Um, yeah. No, I. It's a, honestly a really. It, apparently, they do such a good job at following the books that mm-hmm. it's like the overlap is like damn near perfect. Uh, Which is rare for shows to do yeah and at well, least my perspective yeah yeah I, I i i think most people would agree but i think the reason that they do such a good job with the books to adapt adapting to the show mm-hmm. is that the writers themselves were actually very heavily involved with the uh the writing for the show mm-hmm. and at one point i think ty frank who is one of the okay so for those of you who don't know in the Expanse book show, uh, book show, book series, uh, <laughs> they have two authors, Ty Frank and Daniel Abraham. And Ty Frank, I believe, is much more involved with the actual writing of the show as well than Daniel Abraham is. And I think to the point that he actually wrote some of the episodes for the show. Really? So, yeah. Um, but yeah. Which so, is good, which is a good thing because no, that no, gives it definitely us, is. Because yeah. then if I ever go to read the books, which, I mean, obviously we don't mind reading here. Um, you know, it'll be a good segue. I'm like, oh yeah, I remember that, 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 you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. No, I know. I, that, I think that's, um, uh, I actually can't wait to read the books. Uh, it you might be a while before... no, no, <laughs> I have you're, them, but I'm fine to read them. <laughs> um, but yeah, but anyways, season three, episode four reload. So the beginning of this episode is massive foreshadowing for later. I wouldn't even say foreshadowing, like because it's kind of slaps you in the face with it, but it is setting up pieces for later, and that being the Navu. For yes, those of you who don't remember, the Navu was the Mormon ship that Fred Johnson was building. 
the Halo esque ship. Yes, right? the mm -hmm. uh, where it <clears throat> generates its own gravity field. That's so so. That, now that to me is very cool. Yes, and so the Nauvoo is this massive behemoth of a ship. I, I don't <laughs> I honestly don't think that there's a ship bigger. Um, the Donager might be pretty big, but I don't know if it's bigger. Didn't than we look Nauvoo. up a ship size last time? We did, and I think the Navu was like pretty much pretty high up there. There may have been one that comes way later that might be bigger, but I mean, yeah. Regardless, the Navu is massive. Massive, yeah. So they are. It was just. I remember, it was being thrown at Eros <laughs> Station, and then Eros just literally dodged it. Um, <laughs> Oops. And the Navu was just kind of floating around, so they. So it doesn't keep going, right? It doesn't keep going. It just it, it kind of stays in um, the orbit of a planet. I didn't understand no, it being there. No, so. Navu is going to keep going, right? Like, mm -hmm. they, like the basic laws of physics in space, especially an object that in motion that tends to stay in motion mm -hmm. unless an, uh, an outside force is acting upon it. And <clears throat> so up until that point, it was just floating mm -hmm. at that same speed. Um, so they, you know, until another force was acted upon it, and those that force was those ships that they you know okay. planted on the yeah. side, turned it around, and you know <laughs> sent it on its merry way. Um, so <clears throat> that we don't see much of that anymore in the in the session we're going to be covering, but just mm -hmm. know that for sure that that's going to play a like role later. So right. back on Earth. Uh, Aaron Wright. Um, oh my gosh, dude, this, this dude. dude. Yeah, he needs he, to be punched in the mouth. I yeah, swear. He, he has that face. He and he plays that role really well. Um, mm -hmm. so he he invites Anna. Not like they're going to a speech uh, by Old Boy, and oh my god, stop, <laughs> Gillis. Yeah, and so and he like has Anna sit like you know kind of front and center, like mm -hmm. you know get a good view, and she wrote a speech for him. To try and urge, you know, the two planets, Earth and Mars, to peace. Right. And I think she thinks that, that he's going to be following along that speech, which which he is, up until a specific point in which he completely turns the tone in declaring Mars as a true enemy against mankind, not just Earth. But he says, right. like, you know, when you do that, when they when you do what you're doing, that Mars is, you're threatening all of mankind, uh, right. which is a very like severe statement to make, right? Mm -hmm. um, something that is not going to be taken very lightly by the Martian Congressional Republic, which is not. I mean, to and it, it, I don't know. At this point in time, the whole declaring war in space thing kind of frustrates me. Only to the only because the fact it's like you guys literally made it to where we're trying to make it right now. And you guys can't just get along to progress humanity to an advanced point, right? Like, but it just—it's it, a little upsetting. You could see that being true even in everything else, though, right? That's true. I mean, right? that's like, true. I, I feel like if you go back fifty years, they could be like, you know, we, uh, you know, we've been dreaming of the time when we have access to knowledge, access to transportation, access mm -hmm. to all these things, and you guys are fighting over resources and stuff. So mankind will always find a reason to fight over. Which is annoying. We're very, very good at that, yeah. <laughs> very annoying. Uh, so, <clears throat> the Rasenate, because they had to do hard burns and a lot of resource Honestly, yeah. usage uh, to save 
uh, Space Queen Avasarala. <laughs> <laughs> so because of that, they are now running essentially on fumes. So they need to. There's and but uh, for better so or worse, scary. that's so yeah, scary. In space, in space it, running yeah, on that's fumes. Terrifying. <laughs> um, but thing is, for better or for worse, there is a war going on. And in this case, it turned out to be the better for the Rasanate crew because now they have an opportunity to uh, basically be like vultures in space yep. and steal. Well, I mean, would you call it stealing or would you call it we're going to borrow and pay back later? I mean, well, they're not definitely have no intention of paying back. But I mean, again, no. they're going to die, right? This is a matter of survival. So right. then they take, you know, fuel and anything else that they can. Essentially, like, uh, it is kind of disrespectful. I can see how Alex finds it disrespectful because those are like his fellow Martian soldiers, right? Right, right. Um, and I, I, I get it. Yeah, right. Like, we get it. And um, if you look at it on a modern uh, comparison, it would be like if you're walking around and you see dead corpses and you just like, all right, well, I'm freezing, so I'm going to take his clothes, uh, his <laughs> canteen, his... Yeah, you know, like a zombie rations. apocalypse, you're right. gonna you're gonna loot the person that you know is past. Yeah. You know, they're not with us anymore at that point. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you're starting to survive. Exactly. So uh, they they're you know going through all the wreckage, and then they get into a ship, an MCRN ship, and they mm. suddenly hear like banging, like dun dun, and it, it's not random, right? It seemed like uh, it, uh, intentional. Mm-hmm. So they put up a. Uh, what is it like a vacuum seal, basically? Yeah, yeah, like uh, yep. And then they rescue these Martian. The MCR, yeah, MCRN. Yeah, they re- uh, they're very low ranked soldiers, right? They're like ensigns, which I'm, I don't even think that's considered private. Really? Rank? Yeah, yeah. If I if I remember correctly, when it comes to Navy ranking, ensign is not even private level. Hmm. They're essentially like I think they may even be trainees. Um, but I so they're will, low on the totem pole. Yeah, yeah, and you can tell they are right. Like they're very young, they're very gung ho and mm-hmm. whatnot. So th- this <laughs> this is already setting up to be an issue. Yeah, because you, first of all, the only thing I could think about is what is Amos going to do? Because you know Amos don't play. No yeah, games. Amos don't play, right? And, and and Praxis got Amos's back now because they're buddies. Yeah. So my thinking is is that Prax is going to end up knocking one of these dudes in the teeth, which not exactly, but yes, not exactly, uh, but yes. So uh, right away there's friction because he realizes, you know, that he sees that Amos is out of uniform, which right. is a very big deal, especially in times of war, right? Like, right, exactly. Uh, that's almost. I mean, it's like treason. Like, yeah, yeah, Portland treason. Um, and he so he realizes he's out of uniform. Then he sees that it's Itachi, and then he kind of puts two and two together. And he's like, "Oh, you're James Holden. You're the right. one who, uh, you know, the whole Canterbury thing, and you blamed mm-hmm. it on Mars, right? Mm-hmm. Which, you know, we as a viewer were like, we kind of forget about that. But for Mars, that's that's a big deal that you that just is a big put deal. because that that's a that was a civilian ship that you just blew up unnecessarily. Yep. Uh, but then now that we're cleared and whatnot, the thing is that, okay, so here's the thing. Even after you come out and say, or bring evidence, right? Right. Proving or vindicating a group or a person, public opinion doesn't care. 
Well, in space, you'd think not. Well, in in general, public opinion will never care. Space or no space. Like, they don't, for them, it's uh, when you've already accused somebody. A lot of people, a lot of people just take accusation as guilt anyways. So, like, yeah, it's not not great. So I can understand why a lot of Martians do not like James Holden. And they're not, they're never going to. Yeah. Unless I guess unless until proven otherwise, which obviously this episode did not prove yeah. <laughs> otherwise. So, uh anyways, they try and take uh command of the ship and Holden wrestles one guy down, chokes him out, and then Bobby comes in and uh Did he the, do the headlock right? I I think he did. Right? If I remember correctly, I think the rear naked choke was right. Okay, I'm just saying because I, I I can't remember, and I wanted to see if you picked up on it because I can't remember. Uh, I think I think he did, especially Hollywood uh, considered. It's yeah. it's definitely <laughs> pretty good. Um, but yeah, he uh, uh, the I honestly can't remember the guy's name because he's kind of pointless. Uh, Sinopoli, something like that. So the ensign Sinopoli and his buddies, uh, the female one. She yeah, gets, I think, she gets Alex in a hostage situation, like a gun to his head. Naomi. Was it Naomi? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, so uh, Bobby jumps in, and then the one Ensign Sinopolis, the main guy, he's like instantly backs off because he realizes that she's like, he yeah. says that's recon armor, and he's like, uh-oh. Uh, yeah, he, he and she and I love because you can see right away that like dude, those Martian Marines, like the the recon armor and whatnot, those guys are highly trained. And he even says that um she can force feed you that gun if she wanted. Right. I like, my favorite character so far is Bobby. I love Bobby. That's my favorite yeah. character. I mean, that's fair, Besides man, the fact I love that Bobby. she's good looking, but we can argue that later, but yeah. yeah, she's she is. I think she's one of the top, my top favorite people. Yeah. So at this point, um, Alvarado comes in, and I think this is when they're in the cafeteria area, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and she's like, "You're Christian Alvarado." Like this is kind of crazy. Yeah. Um, because I mean, imagine that, right? Like you're sitting down, you're just in a ship or a bus. And then yeah. Vladimir Putin <laughs> walks bus. in. And Vladimir, Vladimir Putin, Putin? Yeah. Well, let me think about com- it, right? You're going to compare Space Queen to Vladimir no, Putin. No, no. Well, oh, from his perspective. Okay, yes. Right? Sinopoli, or whatever his name is, uh, he is from Mars. Avasarala is, like, the highest-ranking official to the enemy of his state. So to him, that's like Putin, right? Yeah, I mean, I, yeah. I mean, I would have to say, I mean, yeah. Yeah, you're right. And so uh, he tells, she tells him about like the war is fake and is being mm-hmm. let, and it, and she puts it on her own government, which gives her a little bit more credibility, right? And mm-hmm. it's not like she's doing that to get credibility; she's telling the truth, right? And she's uh, going to eventually send a message to Anna, which opens up everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And so Avasarala, Holden, Bobby later speak with Sinopoli and like they put him into, I think, a martial Holding? Like, would you call ship. it a holding cell? No, I don't even know if it's a holding cell, but it seemed like almost like a small little escape pod kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. And they're just kind of 
jettison him. It's like, okay, you can explain this to your superiors. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's going on here? Right. And I mean, I don't know. Like, I one of those. I I don't know. I'm surprised they did that. I'm surprised they just didn't let him vacuum into space and see you later. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I guess they're just trying to do. They're trying to play the good guy card, but. The way Holden's been acting, I mean... Yeah, he does seem very just done with everything. Like, he's yeah. no longer... I know like, exactly what you mean. This actually seems like... Um, he's just so sick of trying to help people, and then it seems like it just made screwed things over. worse. Yep. Yeah, mm-hmm. and then... Kind of just gave up, which I get. <laughs> uh, sorry if I'm if you guys hear me yawning. I've had literally, I think, about five hours of sleep. Uh, That's what three night. kids do to you. Yeah, and then I'm also here for a wedding. So, mm. uh, yeah, those very, very busy. But anyways, um, back on IO, Jules Piermel is shutting down <laughs> the uh, project. He's shutting down the experimentations now with the per molecule. Yeah, a of little late for that, now? but you know, um, better late than never, I guess. <laughs> so he he's shutting it down, and then and. I think it's only because he uh, kind of sees uh, his own daughter in May. Mm-hmm. And then... Which is just terribly sad. Yeah. Uh, like, and He should have realized this a long time ago. I mean, I understand the whole advancement of human technology like we were just talking about. But the cost, I mean, look what it cost him. Yeah. And so, but then they're about to, you know, shut it down. And then... Mm-hmm. They walk in on Katoa, who's like, yeah, killing a nurse doesn't really quite put it, does it? No. He butchers her and lays her parts mm-hmm. out in like this pattern where it seems like he's kind of studying the human anatomy. Or like, uh, yeah. I thought he was going to put it back together. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and she comes back to life. Um, <laughs> so. That's the end of that episode. So now on the next episode, triple point. Uh, the one of the MCRN ships. I forget the name. Is it Nebuchadnezzar or Babylon or something like that? I, I think know. so. Hold on, I'm trying to. But so, I'm anyways, this this uh, it's a captain of a ship rescues uh, Sinopolis mm-hmm. uh, and and then the other soldiers presumably, and. This is where he gives her the intel. Oh, they called it a ship that they were blown up on the KC. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> yeah, I, I just found it. It's the MCRN Hammurabi. Hammurabi, there we go. Yeah. I see, like, I can remember, like, the Rasanate and the Navu and, like, those ones that we've seen so far. But when they start introducing new ship names, it takes me, like, almost a whole season. To... No, I get it. And by then, the ship's destroyed or something. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but anyways, so... He tells a story, and it is just, and when you, like, I was thinking, okay, you know, this guy, he's mm-hmm. got it in the bag, right? Like, right. they've got perfect intel, that, this is it. But then, and <laughs> when he tells a story, I, I started realizing, man, the story actually does not seem true at all. Right. And I, I don't know, I was skeptical. Let's just put it that way. I didn't. I, obviously, I can't know, but I was scared. right, right, right. And so, and I think you were right to me uh, because you know he says something like, 
Uh, we were rescued by James Holden, which is already a, kind of like a mythical figure in the solar system. Mm-hmm. And then on the ship was Avastarala. And they told us that, you know, this war is a lie and blah, blah, blah. And then, mm-hmm. Mark, what is it, the right hand man to the captain is like, who else showed up? Like, Toothberry yeah, or something? Like, I mean, <laughs> it, he's right. Yeah, the Easter Bunny. It's his. I didn't think about the about all that stuff, right? Like you have like these massive figures all just randomly floating around on a ship. Like, yeah, it's like you're talking. And they about happen gods. to be there, and they saved you, and they told you all this stuff, and they just sent you on your way. You know. Um, <laughs> I mean, it's just yeah, like you said, it just seems like a mythical creature. Yeah. Oh yeah, we were rescued by James Holden. Wait, what? You were in space, and you were rescued by the one person everybody's looking for. Mm-hmm. Okay. So back on the Agatha King, things are getting, how do I put this, interesting. They're getting very skeeving and conniving. Conniving is the word I would use. Yeah. So in the Agatha King, uh, Admiral Souther is with two of his uh, sergeants, lieutenants, I don't know. Um, And they're discussing the situation with uh, Admiral Gwen, who kind of came in and took over everything, right? And mm-hmm. they don't like it at all. And they said no. that the fleet that's around them, uh, majority of them are ones that uh, Admiral Souther trained, and they're all right. loyal to him. Not right. one. Because remember, Souther was the fleet admiral. The fleet. The, and wait, only yes. when he stepped down did Admiral Wen got promoted to that position. Because he was originally the, the king. The king. Yeah. Yep. Not really a king, but. Well, yeah, he, he was the guy for the Navy. Yeah, the right? guy. That's what I call him, the guy. What do you um, call him, um, old boy? Old boy. He is the boy. Uh, the, old, the old boy. He's the other old boy. Yeah. Uh, so apparently they were... Okay, so again, we get to see like just a little morsel about Admiral Wen's history. He was mm-hmm. on something called the Ysidro. Is that, how you, is that how you pronounce that? I can't remember. Yeah. I see the word here, but... Yeah, so apparently it's... The Ysidro is was an event... Well, the ship—it was the name of a ship, but I guess they got into a massive fight, mm-hmm. and then, uh, like, I think they uh, the Martians were outnumbered, but they still somehow wrecked. Wrecked, yes. Yeah, the 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 UNN ships. So UN, yep. And so that is the reason for his hatred, and um. I'll be honest, amongst all the characters, side characters included, within The Expanse, I find his to be kind of cliche and somewhat boring. It's a traditional, I've been at war with this people, so I just hate them. Yes. Uh, it's, I want to say it's necessarily bad, and I think it's necessary in certain situations, especially stories like this. Right. But it just, it's just not interesting compared to something like Bobby. Right, right. Like it's just, uh, it's just. Oh my god! Every time Bobby puts the armor on, man, I'm like, oh, yes, somebody's gonna armor. get fought. Yeah. So I, I love that armor so much. And you can it's tell great. that, like, you were right about the German engineering type. You know th- that that metaphor being used for their equipment because you do see a little bit of the UN's armor. I think it's like you get snippets of the UN's armor when they're like transporting somebody. I think, and this doesn't even look the same. Yeah. It just doesn't. So, this is where things start escalating very quickly, mm-hmm. right? So, Admiral Wen basically says, "You know, we're coming to IO, and the rest of the fleet rendezvous." 
and he talks to Jules Pierre Mao and he says, give me controls of the pods, which we'll see come into play later. And then at this point, uh, the captain of the Hammurabi has sent the evidence of that videotape of Aaron Wright. Aaron Wright, yep. Mm-hmm. And so he sends, uh, she sends that without talking to her right hand man, by the way, which I, I think is kind of a big deal. And you would he, think. And she sends that to uh, Admiral Souther mm-hmm. in the middle of a war. Mm-hmm. Admiral Souther being on the other side of the battle lines. Cosmos? <laughs> yeah, well, not really. I think they're, they're still within the same solar system. But you think so? Oh, for sure. I, I, oh, okay. There's been no indication that they've ever ventured outside the solar system. Oh, okay. Well, I don't know. No, I'm, I'm just talking about he's on the other side of the solar system. I'm sorry. Yeah, oh, you're right. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So um, when Souther sees this video, he kind of goes in and he talks to Kotiar because, you know, I imagine that editing uh, videos have been, like, very possible in the mm-hmm. future, like, way more robust. Right. Uh, but he but he did already have suspicions to begin with, but the, this is kind of a big deal. So he definitely goes into Kotiar to confirm. Right. And Kotiar basically confirms it. And this is where uh, he gets caught by Admiral Wen's lieutenant. Mm-hmm. Uh, that Okay, that dude also has an extremely punchable face, by the way. Admiral, Admiral yeah. Wen doesn't <laughs> as much. He kind of looks cool. But his lieutenant that... Punch him right in the throat. <laughs> yeah, I do not like that dude. He's yeah. I, I, ever since I saw him, I'm like he just looks shifty and just not trustworthy. I agree. So, uh, at this point, Souther kind of—I thought this was naive by him. At this point, Souther tries to, um, how do I put this? I appeal to admiral Wynn's better nature i guess he's like you know you can turn this around blah blah blah. Like, this doesn't have to be like this yeah it doesn't have to do. be like this yeah, yeah yes and to which point he's just like all right we're close to the mcr and ship we're within we're almost within firing range die and, <laughs> yeah uh and so admiral Sutherland also by the way at this point is relieved of duty and i if i'm like going through this quickly it's because a lot of stuff happens right uh Souther, um, commits a mutiny. Is that what you call it? I mean, that is a mutiny, right? Because he has been relieved of duty. Whether or not we like him doesn't matter. He is no longer acting commander of the ship. That's true. So that's true. By definition, it is a mutiny. Uh, I think we have like mutiny is kind of like a negative connotation, but mutiny is very simply you're a captain of a ship and people rise up and overthrow you, essentially. Right. At this point, Souther hails uh, in a broadcast, like broadcasted to everyone, MCR and UN, UN ships, stating that he's kind of um, taking command of the ship and he's putting what's called Admiral Wen under arrest and this war is a lie and tells MCR and ships to back down. Mm-hmm. Um, and at this point, he's shot and killed by Admiral Wen and then, you know, the crew loyal. Okay, I. Oops. Souther's crew kind of sucks. Why do you say that? They were so weak in like preventing the reverse coup. You know what I mean? <coughs> yeah, I, guess, I don't know. I guess you're right. I guess you're right. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. So I don't <coughs> know. I felt like that was kind of weak. They, they didn't do anything about It's like they just kind of took it. Yeah. Uh, but this is where it gets really 
really like crazy. So what happens is Admiral Wen says, you know, we have our orders. We're going to continue moving. I have right. quelled the rebellion. Uh, but of course, you know, some of the fleet ships, they are loyal to Admiral Souther. So right. one of them, the UN ship Jimenez, just starts to fly away. Fly away. And in that moment, you know, he's like, right, I'll give, I give you a few seconds to come back. And they don't. And then he just fires on it and destroys the Jimenez. And at this point, they just start open firing on the Agatha King. <laughs> this scene was so, so cool. I loved it. You just see the Jimenez get destroyed. Then all of a sudden, just torpedoes just start firing at the Actually, Agatha King. Actually, doesn't make sound in space. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> You're good. They just started firing at the Agatha King, and the Agatha King PDCs just go crazy, like shooting at all the torpedoes. It was amazing. It was very awesome. I I enjoyed this. I enjoyed scenes like that because then, like warfare in space, nobody wins. Everybody's dead. Yeah. So on the and on the MCRN ship, they're like watching this with like, what the hell is going on? They right. tell the entire Martian fleet, do not fire on the UN ship. And even though his her lieutenant like kind of urges him like you know they're firing at each other this is our chance to you know just jump on them and she's like listen if they want to kill each other we should let them because as soon as we fire on them they're gonna turn their guns back on us right we will right. unite them back against us we don't want that right. and so she said and then she even goes on on takes the extra step that like you know any shit that wants to join us they can. We'll raise a flag of peace. We have resources mm-hmm. we can share. We'll figure it out. Right. So I'll be honest with you. So far, I have been extremely impressed with just about every member of the uh, the officer officer crew. Or I don't know crews are, but all the officers in the MCRN. Right. They're very level headed. It seems disciplined. Yeah. That's why. That's why I said. I, I, I think it's like probably disciplined. the best word. Yeah. You know, I, so, I, I don't know. I just, I, it's one of those things that you kind of expect. Like, you know what I mean? They, they should be disciplined. You know what I mean? Yeah. So we're uh, going back to the Rasenate. They're about to get into Io and mm-hmm. save, well, attempt to save Prax's daughter and stop, stop the uh, whole protomolecule project. Right. And well, stop it. I mean, you stop the project, but. Well, aren't they? I mean, it's still out there. They can't. They can't take the thing back now. Yeah, that's true. Um, so at this point, Naomi confesses that there's a reason she acted the way she did. Mm-hmm. Uh, because Holden was kind of reminding her of her ex, who, and she said that she had a kid. With yeah, she did. This guy, and that dude took her son away from him. Her, right? Because she wouldn't do. Like what he said. Which, which is, is the kid still alive? Did we get confirmation on the kid still being alive? I can't tell you. I can't remember. I guess we'll have to wait and see. Well, uh, gosh darn it. <laughs> Honestly, uh, that story was heartbreaking to hear, and mm-hmm. it's still heartbreaking to hear. Like the third or fourth time I've heard it, it's just. Um, mm-hmm. At this point, they assault the the compound, the IO compound, and mm-hmm. but Agatha King on their Admiral Wynn just fires the hybrid missiles. Well, hybrid missile as in like it's a nuke. Yeah, no. I don't know if it's a nuke. I think I don't think it's a nuke at all. I think it just it has those pods of those hybrid uh, protomolecule beings in them. 
Okay, so they're pretty much just like, all right, we're about to end all this right now. Yeah, and they're all, of course, going to Mars. And and they have stealth technology, so it's not even like they can just be shot out of the space. That's crazy. Yep. So this is where it just gets super hype and ah, so much, so much happening. Now, when, when all of this is happening... We still have to think about what Mao's doing, right? Because isn't Mao and Strickland still? What There's still mean? something going on there, isn't there? Elaborate. Well, while this is all going on and all this warfare is going on, there's still other proto-molecules in the universe that we're worried about, like Venus. Oh, we'll get to Venus in a second, but I, I get what you mean. But I think as far as... Um... Protogen, the company of Jules Pierre Mao is concerned, they only have the IO protomolecule okay. thing. So. Okay. Protomolecule thing? Yeah. So the episode begins with those pods being fired out, and Alice just starts shooting them out of the sky with his PDCs. At, That's cool, too. At which point, <laughs> they, he can only destroy so many, and he kind of runs out mm-hmm. of ammunition. And, wh- and one of the PDCs... Uh, happens to hit one of the pods, which kind of sends one of those hybrid missiles uh, out of spinning out of control, and it hits the Agatha King, and the Agatha right. King just starts to get like corrupted almost immediately. And it grew very fast. I was very mm-hmm. surprised. It's because all the uh, energy, if I'm correct, right? I don't even know why. Uh, maybe they uh, the protogen did something to make the protomolecule stronger. You know, kind of egg it right. along or what? Maybe, maybe, but, yeah. Maybe there's an agitator in there. So as soon as it's, yeah. as soon as it hits the, I guess, vacuum of space, maybe it, it just, it's one of those things where it just goes berserk. Yeah, I think. Uh, so in the uh, ship, the Agatha King, the protomolecule just kind of takes over and just starts infecting crew members and. Coach Yaris gets out because some girl kind of comes in and saves him, but she herself uh, gets taken. Yeah, gets taken. Yeah, that's. I mean, I don't know. That's kind of a. That's kind of like. That's not very honorable. You're like, yeah, I don't feel like dealing with you, so uh, we're just gonna shoot this proto molecule at you. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, uh, he has so much hatred for them. Mar- you're talking about how Admiral Wynn launched the pods, right? Or yes, 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 yeah. Yeah, so I think. <laughs> It, it it was one of those situations where he just again has so much hatred for right them that and he can't like he can't step away from that and look objectively on what's going on yeah um <clears throat> so back okay the IO assault I'll be honest with you it didn't really do much for me is kind of yeah yeah um, you kind of saw Bob, it coming yeah and and Bobby uh kind of got her revenge so to speak by killing the hybrid yep by shooting in the back of the head which is cool because we know it can die i guess yes I, it's I just guess. you have to be at point blank range with a gatling gun essentially but oh, well you know what yeah some things just deserve a gatling gun <laughs> yeah so amos and prax rescue the kids at which point uh prax wants to kill dr strickland and then amos stops him he says you're not that guy and then he sends oh, him away and he's like but <laughs> I am. That I guy. am. <laughs> I, that was that was well that played. was awesome. That was awesome. I really yeah. enjoyed that. Yeah, so did I. And Holden gets Jules Pierre Mao captive, 
And there's really nothing they can do because he handed over all controls over to the Agatha King. Mm-hmm. And so Alex and Naomi are like, we have to stop this, right? And Alex especially because his son and wife are on Mars. And, right. You know, something needs to be done. Um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, you can't I, just let that happen. Right. So the the Agatha King is like getting continued, like, Almost exponential growth on that thing, right? Like mm-hmm. the protomolecule is kind of taking over everything at this point. Admiral Wen is dying in his chair from the bullet wound that he got shot with during the coup. Mm-hmm. Was it coup? Yeah, mm-hmm. or the reverse coup, I guess. So Naomi's you know trying to save reverse coup. Yeah, I guess it would be reverse coup. That's what I'm going with. Um, Naomi tries to disable the hybrid missiles, uh, but she has to do it one at a time. So there's just not enough time. Not enough time. Because what's happening is Kotiar at this point is blowing up the ship. Good job. Um, which which we now know that he is going to stay on. Yes. And so what happens is is that Naomi, smart Naomi, sends over the I guess information of the missiles over to the Rasanate. Right. And Kotiar's dies but not before deliver, delivering a heartfelt speech where he kind of talks to Charnifal, which is Avasarala's right. deceased son who he was responsible for the death of and he says something along the lines of you know Charnifal, we're even right we're 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 we he's like we're paid his debt yeah pretty much and so the Agatha King blows up and at this point um Naomi says we can send these, um, like, I guess, I don't know, the, what is it, the protomolecule, the hybrid missiles, uh, Mm -hmm. locations to uh, Fred Johnson. Right. And he can destroy it with his nukes. Right, and he can can kind of, well, he can end that portion of the protomolecule. Yes. Which and, is crazy because, like, now it just seems like it seems like in every exchange that we've seen now, the proto molecule is the extra party. It yeah. forever will be. Yeah, it's like, yep, exactly. And so back on Earth, uh, old boy finally <laughs> figures out that uh, Aaron Wright has been playing him like a fiddle this whole time. And right. Aaron Wright is arrested, but not before delivering a nice little slap in the face to uh, old boy by saying, you know, the only reason he's agreeing with you is because you talked to him last. Like, he's so weak. If he right. talked to the janitor, he'd be talking about a mop. And I loved that because I, I felt that so much with uh, with the secretary general because he, he is weak, right? Like, the last mm-hmm. person that talks to him just kind of sways in one way. And... You can't have that in a leader. It's no. It's not. It's not great. Um, it doesn't look good on you. Yeah. <clears throat> and the ending of this is amazing because on Venus, a protomolecule, like a an object, kind of comes out, and it just comes out of Venus's atmosphere and just flies away. Which is what what. There's a lot that we could unpack on that. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, there is. if it makes it to Earth, done. That's it. Yeah, we don't know where it's going, but I think we'll find out soon. 
So that that was it for episodes four through six. I think next time we can go ahead and cover episodes seven through ten. I know it's a lot of episodes, but I'd rather not cover four episodes in the finale when we're covering the finale of the uh, season. So right. next episode will be big. We'll be covering episodes seven through ten again, season three. Um, but yeah, you got anything? Any thoughts? Um, yeah, some of the. I mean, some of these episodes. I feel like I feel like the book does that thing where it's a high like it's high low where they mm-hmm. they have they they had to dramatize some of it obviously to put it into a tv show but then they go to you know they started to put in these action-packed scenes and they tried to really hype it up and i, I like that because then once i go to read the books it's going to be more of um it's going to be better visually for me because then i can start to like really unpack some of the stuff as I read, mm-hmm. which I mean, I just I feel like these next episodes, the way you said it, is it, it's gonna get it's gonna get crazy out there. You know what I'm saying? Like it's it's there's some crazy stuff about to happen because everybody's starting to converge, like you said, and boom, we're about to have everybody in like one spot. I hope. Yeah. We shall see. Well, um, I think that I'll about cover it from us for that episode. Um, yeah, like I said, next time we'll be covering the four episodes. And yeah, we will see you all next time. Thank you. Yes, sir.